Greetings, friends and brethren in the Lord. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly, exceedingly great joy. We have been talking about the power of light the last three weeks, and today I'm going to conclude this message. So, Father, I thank you that you are light. I thank you that your word is light. I thank you that we are light. And I pray, Father, that this message will not just be a message that people hear with their ears, but I pray that they will become doers of your word and that they will let their light so shine before men that their good works will glorify the Father. Thank you, Father, for these listeners. Lord, I bless each one in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So I've laid a foundation for you over the last three weeks, and this is the foundation I laid through the Word of God. First of all, that God is light. Secondly, that God's Word is light. Now, I have a few other scriptures that I do want to share before I get into more of the meat of this message that do support these two foundation blocks. Now, you have to understand what we're doing here. We are building our house upon the rock. The rock is Jesus Christ. And our spiritual house must have a solid foundation. Jesus said in Luke 6, 47 through 49, he said, Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. So there's several, several things in this scripture and that's what I was praying that you won't just hear this message but you will be like the man who's digging deep and laying a good foundation on the rock, Jesus Christ, and his word. See, you can't just hear Jesus' sayings. You can't just hear his word. You have to do them. Because what's going to happen is the floods of life, the winds of uh, difficulty are going to come your way. That's just living That's just part of life. It comes. But when you build your spiritual foundation on the rock of Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if the floods rise. It doesn't matter if the stream beats vehemently, strongly against your life, against your spiritual house. Nothing is going to shake you. That's important right there. See, this house that is built on the rock of Jesus Christ, it cannot be shaken. Jesus said it. It could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. He's speaking of himself. But the fellow, the lady, who heard all these nice sayings and good words and God's word and did nothing, 
is like the fellow who builds a house on a piece of earth, doesn't put down a foundation, doesn't dig deep into God's word and intimacy with the Lord. And when the difficulties of life come, and they will, and when the uh, winds of adversity come and beat against the house, and they will, this house is going to fall. That means you're going to fall. I'm going to fall. And the ruin can be very great. So it is so important that we don't just hear God's word, but we do God's word. See, I'm trying to help you build a strong foundation. That has always been my intention. That's what, that's what I do. I'm a teacher trying to build a strong foundation in you. You're listening to this message, but you have a responsibility to dig deep, to dig deep into God's word so that you can build a strong foundation. Ephesians 5 verses 8 through 14 say this, and I'm everything I'm reading today is out of the New King James Version. So, you know, if you have your Bible, get it out. I'm in Ephesians 5 verses 18 through uh, verses 8 through 14. For you were once darkness, meaning there was a time when we walked in darkness, we were unbelievers. We did not know Christ. For you were once darkness, but now you are in the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest, is light. Therefore, Christ says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Right there, Christ is saying to the unbeliever, he's speaking to the unbeliever, he's actually prophesying to the unbeliever, hey, you over there, you who are dead, dead in your spirit, dead to Christ, Awaken, awaken, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. So I'll stop there for just a second. The word of God is confirmed to us. It is a light that shines in a dark place. That's God's word, okay? And it says, it continues, as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. 
I'm going to repeat that again. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star, who is Jesus Christ, until the morning star rises in your hearts. Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 13, Paul writes, And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Now he's actually, Paul is actually speaking to believers here. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Apparently, several Romans had kind of grown cold in their faith. They had become lazy in their faith, and they had become probably backslidden. And Paul's saying, you need to know the time, because it's high time to awake out of sleep. Now, that may be a word for you, you may be listening to this message and you haven't actually turned into this turned on to this message ever. This may be your first time to ever listen to me. And God has you so strategically placed right there by that radio, either in your car or at home, to hear this message. And he's saying it's high time to awake out of sleep. Spiritual sleep, we're talking, not physical sleep. It's time to awake out of a spiritual sleep. And you need to know the time, the time that we're living in right now. This is the time that the Bible has prophesied about. Isaiah prophesied about it. He said that it was going to be a very, very dark time and that darkness would cover the people. But he said, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. So if you're backslidden, if you've been lazy in your walk with the Lord, if you've been indifferent, it's time, Paul said, and do this. Do it, knowing the time that you live in, seeing how things are advancing in our lifetime. You can see that things are getting darker. You can see that things have changed. So it's time for you to awaken out of your spiritual sleep. He says, because now your salvation is nearer than when you first believed in Christ. Woo. Paul goes on, he says, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. You see, when we wear righteousness as a garment, so to speak, it functions as armor. That armor is light, and Scripture says that light dispels darkness. So we could actually say that righteousness equals light. Righteous acts on our behalf, or righteous acts that we do cause us to shine more effectively. 
Paul goes on to say in verse 13, he says, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness and not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Let me tell you, your flesh is full of lust. Full of lust. I'm not talking about just lust for sex. I'm talking about lust for being angry, lust for food, lust for being judgmental and critical. Yeah, we have to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot make provision for this flesh of ours to fulfill its lust because flesh equals lust. That's what the flesh always wants to do, wants to draw you toward lust. Here's the bottom line. If you walk in righteousness, you are covered with light as if it were armor. And the enemy, Satan, has no ability to penetrate. Satan is kept away by the light because he is darkness. But if we walk in strife, fighting, yelling, screaming, jealousy, lust, wickedness, drunkenness, drugs, you name it. Jealousy, covetousness, idolatry, division. We are wearing the armor of darkness. It's like a magnet. You become attracted to your enemy. He's attracted to you. Because he likes darkness, and he will be attracted to that darkness, and he will take full advantage of you. It's almost like wearing a sign on your chest saying, here I am. And you can be sure that your enemy will waste no time to hammer you into the ground. Remember, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy you. Don't be an attraction for darkness. You have an option. You can either put on the armor of light, and walk in righteousness, or you can put on the armor of darkness and walk in unrighteousness, and then you can be sure, you can bet a thousand dollars that the enemy will definitely take full advantage of you because he hates light. So if your armor is light, he's going to be repelled by you because he hates light because he hates God and God is light. It's really that simple. So God is light. And God's word is light. And here's the best part. And you and I are light. Right? Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. He's speaking to us, his children, his the believers. You are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I talked about this last week. This is a goal. This is the ultimate goal, that our light would be so bright and shine that they might see our good works and our words because 
when you're giving a good word to someone, if you're speaking a word of hope and encouragement to someone who's very down and discouraged, you are doing a good work. And you are ultimately glorifying your Father in heaven. You now have that light, Jesus Christ, in you. You are now light. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5. And Paul writes to this church in Thessalonica. He says, you are all sons of light. I love this. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. You are not of the darkness. Excuse me. You are not of the night nor of darkness. You see, when you were born again, when I was born again, we immediately became a son of light and a son or daughter of the day. So if you're a female, you can say, I'm, I'm a daughter of light, if you prefer. But son just is a term that can mean son or daughter. So you immediately become a son or daughter of light and a son or daughter of day when you're born again. But you and I always have a decision to make. We can always choose to go backwards into darkness, right? But if we do that, we will never be who God created us to be. I know so many young women. I'm talking young women. I'm talking late 20s, early 30s. I know of two women in particular that I have ministered to in the last couple years. Beautiful, beautiful, bright young women so full of Jesus, so excited about the Lord, so many gifts in them, strong prophetic gifts in them. And lo and behold, they turn right around, walk right back into darkness, walk into bad relationships, walk into ungodly relationships with ungodly men, having sexual encounters, doing alcohol, doing drugs, And it just makes me sick. Now, the one um, did come out of that. She came out of that. And for a time, she was really growing in the things of the Lord. But then she wanted to have her way. See, when you're not fully submitted to the Lord and you refuse to fully submit yourself to Jesus Christ. The enemy's well aware of that. And the minute you make a bad decision, like having another relationship with an ungodly man, this poor gal is so, it's so, so sad. I mean, she is worse now than she ever was. She is literally out of her mind. The other young girl came back to the Lord And I've been working with her and, you know, she has a will. She can make a decision to go back into darkness any moment. But I'm praying that she will stay a daughter of light and a daughter of the day. Amen. But we can always make that decision. And when we do that, if we go back into darkness, we'll never be who God created us to be. See, we were created You have to get this. We were created to be a son or a daughter of light and a son or a daughter of the day. That's who we we were created to be. 
But let me take this farther. What does Paul mean when he says a son or a daughter of the day? Well, we know that most of the time, the people who engage in drunkenness, drugs, sex, adultery, they're doing these things during the night when it's literally dark outside. Why? Because they think they can hide at night. And when you and I were walking in darkness before we were saved, we were attracted to these things at night. That's how it works. And so when you think that you can hide at night, then you tend to do things that are of the night. But if you're a person of the day, you see, even if it's nighttime, it's as if there's light all around you, even if it's nighttime. Why? Because the day star is in your heart. Christ keeps you in the light. And you have no desire for the things of darkness or the things of the night. You are light. Proverbs 1530 says the light of your eyes rejoices the heart. Now, when you allow your natural eyes to only see what is good, and healthy, and righteous, and lovely, you'll have a smile on your face. You will, it will rejoice your heart. You'll have a smile on your face. But if your eyes see something on television, or on the internet, or at the movies, or in a magazine, you know, like maybe people getting high on drugs, alcohol, pornography, murder, any wicked act that you see with your natural eye, maybe even seeing a child being molested in a, in a movie on TV, your heart will not rejoice. In fact, your heart will become very heavy and very sad and very unclean. We have to remember, <coughs> excuse me, that our eyes are gates to our body. Our eyes are gates to our soul and our spirit. And we need to protect our eyes from seeing ungodly pictures or ungodly actions. Matthew 6, and 23 says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, Evil, unhealthy, ungodly way, selfish, covetous, jealous, angry, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? With your natural eyes, do you look at people and judge them? Are you critical of them? Or do you look at them through the eyes of Jesus? Dove's eyes, eyes of love eyes of mercy, eyes of gentleness and kindness? Or do you look with eyes of arrogance or eyes of hatred in your, in your eyes, that look of disgust? Um, let's give no place to the devil. Let's not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Let our eyes be so full of God's light and love, and then our whole body will be filled with light. 
And we will be able to let our light so shine before men in order to do what? To glorify our Father in heaven. The ultimate goal, to glorify our Father in heaven. Well, I would like to conclude this series with several, several scriptures regarding our future and the subject of light. Now, Isaiah was a prophet. He lived 700 years before Christ. And we know that Isaiah prophesied about Jesus, even about Jesus' death on the cross. But Isaiah also prophesied way far into the future. Future that we have not even entered into yet. So Isaiah was quite a prophet. And this is what he says. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Isaiah chapter 60, verses 19 and 20. Isaiah says, The sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give light to you. But the Lord will be to you an everlasting light, and your God your glory. Your sun shall no longer go down, nor shall your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and the days of your mourning shall be ended. That certainly gives me a lot of hope. I find great strength in that scripture, don't you? I like that. So that's the future. Now, Revelation chapter 21, verses 22 and 23, we know that John the Revelator wrote Revelation. He's talking about the glory of the new Jerusalem. He says, But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city had no need of the sun nor of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. Oh, that is so exciting. I love that scripture. And then um, verse, uh, still in verse chapter 22 in verse 4 and 5, they shall see his face, Christ, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp, nor light of the sun, for the Lord gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. So we have a sun and we have a moon and they provide us natural light. But there's coming a day and Isaiah prophesied it, and then John wrote about it. A day when there will be no sun giving us light, no moon providing us light, because there will be no night. And we're not going to need a lamp or the light of the sun, because the glory of God will illuminate our day. The Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, will be our light. He will be our light forever and ever and ever. Amen. Well, this is Don Noble.
as I said earlier, I hope these scriptures, you're not just hearing them, but you will be a doer of the word. Remember, you are the light of the world. Well, you can go to my website, www.pureheart.today and listen to this podcast again. And so I'm going to sign off and I look forward to seeing you again. So shalom, shalom, peace be unto you.